So for the young ones, just a reminder that Christmas is one of the seasons of the church year, and it's one of the shorter seasons. Do you recall how long it is? The season of Christmas is only 12 days long. So that's a little bit where that song, um, The 12 Days of Christmas, comes from. And so here we are, let's see, if the 25th is the first day, the 26th is the seventh day, the 27th is the third day, so we're on the third day of Christmas. And in that short 12 days, we hear a lot about Jesus, right? So we've heard about the shepherds hearing from the angel and hearing the heavenly host sing about the birth of Jesus, so they came to Bethlehem. We hear about his birth when Mary and Joseph came to Bethlehem and Jesus was born. And today we're hearing a part of the story about how Jesus then was brought to the temple. And according to all the customs of his day, he was brought to the temple two times. Once when he was eight days old for his naming and once when he was 40 days old for the purification of Mary and also for his dedication. And so on one of those occasions, they met, Mary and Joseph and Jesus met this delightful set of people, Simeon and Anna, who took Jesus in their arms. What a lovely image, right? How we all wish we could do the same thing, right? With the baby Jesus, just hold Jesus for a while. And I'm wondering, have you ever held a baby? Hmm. held many babies in my life. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? To hold a baby. And they're so small and they're so fragile and you have to be so careful not to drop them or not to make them uncomfortable, otherwise they might cry. But yet it's so sweet to have this newborn baby in your arms. And so I imagine Simeon and Anna really loved that idea of having Jesus in their arms. And one of the things that older folks do all the time, and maybe you even do it a little bit now too, you wonder, what babies will grow up to become. So parents are always wondering what their children will grow into and what jobs they'll have and whether they will have a family someday, whether they're gonna move far away or stay close to home. Some things we just don't know, but we wonder and maybe we pray and maybe we do everything we can to get our way to influence their decisions that sometimes it isn't up to us to determine what happens with our children, right? And so we look at babies and we say, well, we lift you up to God and we let God love you and care for you and help you become the person you're going to be. Most of the time we don't know when we look at a baby what they will become. But Simeon and Anna, when they held Jesus, they knew that Jesus was special. 
and they could tell, and they told Mary and Joseph how wonderful it was to hold the Messiah, the one who would make all things new, the one who would die, but then be raised again. They could see that all when they held Jesus. That's what makes them prophets, they could tell. And then they shared that story with all who would listen. So again, today, we know as Jesus grows up who he is going to be, and it's wonderful and lovely, that story. But in these days of Christmas, we just enjoy being with the baby Jesus uh, for a while because we know he's going to grow up pretty fast. So this is our prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for always holding us in your care. And we thank you that on special occasions, we get to hold Jesus too in our lives and in our hearts and in our minds and help us to be good stewards of this Jesus that we have and good proclaimers of the good news that he brings to our world, especially now in these troubled days. In his name we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God who has called us to be messengers of Christ's love in the world. Rabbi Bernard Baruch once said, I will never be an old man. To me, old age is always 15 years older than I am now. I like it. I kind of live by it, I think, too. And we smile because it's kind of a pervasive way of thinking in our time. And for some, it might even be a little humorous when somebody finally says it out loud. In the time of Jesus, however, people were not ashamed to be called old. In fact, there was an honor that came with age. The book of Isaiah talks about young men taking over for the elders as a sign of God's punishment because the wisdom of the elders was no longer there to guide them. And it was, for Isaiah's time, a beginning of social and religious decay. Simeon and Anna, in our gospel reading, were certainly old for their day, and the authority of their prophecy was related to their long life and their waiting for the Messiah their whole life. Psychologist Eric Erickson has profiled the healthy elderly personality in this way. He says, they have moved beyond despair into integrity, where one sense of identity remains intact. These people are accepting of others in spite of their flaws. They have acquired wisdom about the world, which allows them to burst illusions and pretensions like balloons. And they have a sense of completion in their life. In addition, they see life as a gift to be relished and cherished. They have a strong awareness of the present time, but are also able to face the prospect of death with a deep awareness of peace. So have I just described Simeon and Anna? Perhaps, but not necessarily so. 
Simeon and Anna are not the ideal personalities who exhibit what life should be like in old age. They are real, but they're ordinary people who in their waiting for the Messiah experience the meaning of Christ's coming late in their lives in a very unique and wonderful way. They were able to hold the baby Jesus in their own arms. The fact of their age is significant though, says theologian Walter Brueggemann. He says, this text aims at the connection between the birth of Jesus in our Christmas celebration and the possibility of newness in our New Year observance, even though that connection is very difficult to make in our day and age. Now, perhaps your ears perked up a little bit when I quoted uh, with um, some authority, Eric Erickson. He's one of my favorite authors and teachers. He sounds profound, deep, and interesting. And with his words, we try to make connections with our own experience of life and aging and coming to terms with all the limits of being human, including the final limit that we face, that of our own death. And we do, do not have, uh, oh, and we do have much to learn from psychology, and uh, we have a lot to learn about aging gracefully, and we have a lot to learn about accepting death. So I think authors like Erickson are good for us to read. Anna and Simeon, on the other hand, help us see the connection between newness of life and peaceful acceptance of limits through the very baby that they held in their arms. The helplessness of Jesus as a newborn baby brings them to accept their own helplessness. Jesus' dependency on them to hold him rather than to drop him is a sign and symbol of their utter dependency on God to hold them rather than to let them slip through God's hand. Jesus entering the temple in the body of a baby revealed to Simeon and Anna the fragile new temple so much in need of care and redemption. Only faith and hope and peace in God's plan through this child could give such clarity of vision. Not even with cataracts in their eyes would they not be able to see the possibilities that were in front of them because of this Jesus that they were holding in that moment. In Simeon and Anna holding Jesus both physically and by faith, there's a great comfort for our age, which really ages so poorly, which denies death so pervasively, and which idolatry uh, idolatrizes youth so compulsively while at the same time despising it. We don't wait for the consolation of Israel like we might. We do not hold Christ in our arms with the breadth and deep vision which came upon Anna and Simeon by the power of the Holy Spirit. And why is that? Perhaps our hopes and dreams may not be housed 
in the temple of God's promises. By that I mean we either expect too much or too little from God because our hope is not anchored in the living Christ. As Psalm 42 says, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. Uh, since Easter of 2008, the San Francisco Night Ministry has sponsored an outdoor Eucharist worship service every Sunday afternoon at UN Plaza. It's an opportunity for folks to gather and receive the same kind of pastoral care and counseling and crisis intervention that is offered each night of the year, but with worship and a meal offered as well. And in the early days of Open Cathedral, the numbers of clergy and well-meaning supportive church members outnumbered the folks that we were looking to serve. Oftentimes people stood at a distance watching with intense interest, but they were afraid to participate fully. But little by little after time, they, had, they came closer to experience and receive all that we had to offer. One of the reasons why it was hard for them to enter into that space was because so many were grieving so much loss. They had lost their home, their job, their money, their family, their health, all things that so often define us for who we are. Words like useless or worthless were often heard as they described themselves. And many had turned to the not so healthy places to find comfort and consolation. So at night, this was one of my favorite uh, passages to recite, and we even sang it quite often at Open Cathedral, these words from Psalm 42. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my help and my God. So even though they're not now meeting, just like we're not now meeting in person together because of the pandemic. Over the years, though, more and more people would gather each week. We would sometimes have 75 people in worship and feed 150 because so many people would gather, even in the wind, even in the rain, to receive a word of comfort and hope to pray for themselves and for others and to care for others and to share their stories of transformation and hope. The most special time for me in that outdoor worship service setting was the distribution of communion. And that's what I miss the most about being together on Zoom. I can't see your hands holding out your palms like this to be the cradle for the host which is put inside, which is Jesus. I can't see the look in your eyes and the faith that is coming forth from you as you receive this gracious gift from God. 
So I miss seeing that, and but that's what I enjoyed so much when I was at Open Cathedral and when we are finally gathered together again to see that uh, in person. Because this is where it begins to make a connection. The God who is distant sometimes from our lives is now real and part of our life in the very moment that we receive him in our hands, in faith. It's not like, it's not much, it is not unlike the way Anna and Simeon received Jesus in the temple. Simeon, many of the folks at Open Cathedral and I have the same confession in common that Jesus who becomes just as fragile as we are is our only hope. We will die to all other hopes in order to live into this one hope. We will hope in his weakness in order to know the new possibilities of life that come to us in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our connection to newness of life. At baptism, we mark each person with the sign of the cross and we say, you have been marked with the cross of Christ forever. The signing of the cross on us ties us together in all of the seasons of our life. It brings us together with all other people who have been signed with the cross of Christ. The Church of Christ lives in a sense of completion and of peace, which this signing provides. Notice how Simeon saw the cross in the baby Jesus. He could see the new possibilities for his life in this child because the Spirit revealed how God was willing to suffer with the world in that little one. His singing about departing in peace was not a Pollyanna song, and Anna's words of praise to God were not Pollyanna. Their song, as ours, looks soberly at the limits which sin and death impose on our life. Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising of many in Israel. Having hope in and of itself is not a guarantee that things will be better. Hope in God, however, is a slender link to all that is available to us, but through the cross. This alone pulls us into the future. Simeon promised Mary that there would be pain in her future because of a cross. But he and Anna also promised newness of life because of the one on that cross. Some people have said that old age is a time of letting go. And certainly Simeon and Anna symbolize the importance of this. But they also show that taking hold of the wonder of Christ is the power that makes letting go peaceful and full of possibilities. Whatever age we are, let us aspire to grow into Anna-likeness and Simeon-likeness. They were glad to be old 
because it granted them the opportunity to hold the fullness of the hopes and dreams of all their lives in that moment, as God does for us as well. Amen.